0: On tonight's show, we have community medicine doctor Eric Bridge and infectious disease doctor Mark Allen Gary.
1: And now for your host, Cool Paul.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 112 of the Kicking It With Cool Card show. Uh, Last week, I had LA The Stylist on on episode 111. It is now streaming on YouTube, and also it is streaming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, so you can go over there for your listening pleasures. All of her links are down in the description, so you guys make sure you check her out. Tonight, I have some doctors on the show. We're going to be talking about you know COVID, HIV, vaccines, all that type of stuff. You know, just to bring you guys some value, put you up on what's going on with this whole epidemic, COVID nineteen, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. So um, yes, I have Doctor Eric Griggs. He is a community medicine uh, and and health doctor, and then I also have infectious doctor infectious disease. Let me get my in right. Infectious disease and epidemiologist Doctor Mark Allen Derry so without further ado let me bring them in and we're gonna get this show going we're not gonna waste any time on this let's go let's
1: go i'm dr mark allendary and i'm an infectious disease doctor and epidemiologist and i'm doc griggs and i'm a community health specialist
0: Well, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks, sir. (laughs) Thanks so
1: much for having us.
0: Oh, no. Without a doubt, I had to have you on here. Um, Hey, real quick, though. I do like to start each show with a prayer. Is anybody against that? No. Okay, cool. Let me do my prayer, and then we're going to get going. (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for bringing us here tonight. Uh, Just joining us in uh, fellowship. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, to just speak eloquently about what's going on out here in the world of medicine and in the world of COVID. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for just allowing us to wake up, uh, have clothes on our on our back, food on our table, and to follow Jesus' life and love. We just thank you, Lord. We give you all the victory, all the glory, all the love, all the praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Yes, gentlemen. So listen, I know you guys are used to, uh, you know, getting on Zoom and you're talking medicine and you're talking COVID. You're talking all this medical stuff, right? But what I don't want to start there with you guys. (laughs) I I want to start with this animation cartoon series that you guys have going on with your podcast, bringing light to a lot of things that people have no idea about. And the the first question is, I want you to expound on it. First and foremost, I want you to brag about yourself because I want you to tell everybody what you do, your accolades and all that. And then we're going to get into the podcast But I do have a question leading off of why you guys chose to take that route as opposed to publishing articles. I'm not saying that you don't do that, but the whole cartoon series thing. Like, I I think it's like very cool and I've never seen doctors take that route. I haven't, so, yeah. So, uh,
2: first of all, thanks for having us. Uh, Real quick, uh, you 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 already said everything, dude. Um, uh, Dr. Eric Griggs, a community medicine doctor. Uh, this is my colleague, uh, Dr. Mark Allendare. I let him introduce himself. Uh, I'm just going to be real quick and segue into it. We've been throwing alley-oops to each other uh, as far as COVID goes since, wow, since March 13th. Okay. not right before we did it. We started a tour. A, uh, we were going around being chicken little, Dr. Chicken Littles, <laughs> telling people that the sky was about all. And most, for the most part, they didn't. So we've... Taken every approach possible to try to educate people and reach the masses, and I'll let Mark Allen take it from there. His first yeah. name is Mark Allen, by the way. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So as Doc Griggs was saying, we have we've been doing radio and media together in the local New Orleans uh, region for for many years, um, and uh, as you'll see, our uh, as as the program continues, you'll see. What those many years have done, most people think that it's brought us together and brought us in a in a good way. I think that uh, largely it's fried our brains, especially over the course of the last two years. But oh, like Doug Riggs says, like Doug Griggs says, you know, we started the pandemic with people asking us questions that if they took a hair dryer and they put it up their nose, would that kill COVID? Like yes. that was some real that was some real <laughs> stuff. And so we realized early on that misinformation was going to be a thing. Like it just occurred to us what we need to get on top of misinformation. And so I was like, well, Eric, what do we do best? We talk. So let's start a podcast, right? right? Yeah. Let's start a podcast. Uh, This podcast has since grown significantly with 80,000 daily listeners picked up uh, by Pacifica Network. Uh, It's a 10 minute daily podcast that looks at COVID through the lens of social economic and racial justice. So podcast that's called noise filled and oh, then by we're the way, on our since
2: you're allowing us to toot our own horn and brag tell them what we were nominated for last year and we didn't
1: we, we were came out of the blue. Yeah, we were we made the short list down to five for the best uh health podcasts on the internet uh, through In the, the people's choice oh right wow. yeah people's choice i think it was internet i think it may have been international, international. but maybe yeah around. i think uh, it's international yeah so um, there was so there was the podcast element, and then that just we're on episode 450 or 60 um, in terms of uh, of, of number of episodes I've been, dropped. but at the same time we all because we really like to talk and really like to look at each other. We started a <laughs> daily. Uh, we started Facebook slash YouTube a stream that went, I would say went a probably a good year and 10 months, maybe, no, 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 I would say a year and a half, and then Delta, yeah, it was, and then Delta brought it to a close, because all of a sudden, the Delta situation here in in New Orleans was really, really terrible. I'm still, obviously, I'm a a practice disease doctor, and I could not be in the hospitals and the COVID wards and still prep for our daily show. It was a one-hour show. Um, we have now zoomed that show as a result of Omicron. It's now Wednesdays at 6 p.m. E, uh, Central Standard Time. And you can file it, find it under the Dr. Mark Callen um, uh, Facebook web link or the Noise Filter Show YouTube channel.
0: Exactly. And listen, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go into this. We're going to come back. And I got a question for, for Dr. Derry regarding this racial injustice in medicine. I, I it's it's specifically for him because I need I need an answer from him, but yeah let's let's go and let's watch this <laughs> this cartoon on clinical trials and we'll get back to that I love it <laughs> I love it now, you guys, dr Derry, I got this question for you coming off of that racial injustice in medicine um you know it's lingering, so you have a lot of people of, of my color of dr Greek's color who are running from the vaccines you know they're running from the what is it mrna is that is that what it's called mm-hmm. right so yes so yes. for you so for you when you're in a room full of people that don't look like us how is that being perceived when you're talking about the racial injustice in medicine and how it's how it's affecting us and how we're running from these vaccines and pretty yeah. much running from protecting ourselves
1: well, I mean, so it, it's a great question. I, I hadn't thought about it from the last part that you just added. I think that one is that we, we live in New Orleans and this is a bubble. Like, like, we literally are a blue in an ocean of red that surrounds us. So in that dot, I think there's a lot of people who, who react and recognize what the message is saying through that animation. I I, I think we, you know, like, you, you know, you got Doctor Doc Griggs, who's rapping, who who was able to cut that in two takes, which was amazing. Having the amazing Miss Irma Thomas, Grammy Award-winning singer, sitting right next to him as he got up and just looked at that rap for the time and just wrapped it in two takes. You have me, kind of goofy, playing my upright bass. Doc <laughs> Griggs are active musicians here in New Orleans, okay. and all of a sudden there's that stop, that hard shift, and I. Everybody who's seen that has agreed that that, that is really. You know, it, it, it's the right place. It's the right thing that we should be doing. I think obviously during the pandemic, there's been a huge cultural shift. Thank goodness, it has long, long overdue. Far, far away from ever getting to where we really, really need to be. Hopefully, we get there sooner than later. But I think there was this cultural shift, and I think people love video and recognize. That this cultural shift is happening right now and we all really need to be on board for it and so as a physician you know i am you know part of that movement that is helping other doctors recognize what our past has been and especially in infectious disease. as an infectious disease doctor i can't but live tuskegee and i can't help but live there's multiple tuskegee's that people just don't know about that i'm actually currently book about wow is trying to uncover all of the tuskegee's that have happened uh, uh beyond w- what was known uh from 95 to 1972 they've happened uh in 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 uh, prisons they've happened uh in different parts of the world and they've always involved in brown bodies and i that that american physicians who have done this sort of and who have, I, I call it this is biomedical torture that history needs to be known it needs to be shared with other physicians and students but what it really does speak to is the structural racism that we have in our society we're still seeing it today just today as we are seeing these these conservative republican um uh, uh senators making these ridiculous comments about the fact that it's time for us to put a black female as a Supreme Court justice on the court. And we're seeing some of these responses that we're getting are just... It's just, it's just unbelievable. And for us to think, and you know, when we, and when people say, "Well, we're in a post-racist society," you look at stuff like this and say, "No, this is just another iteration of what was a hundred years ago, which was another iteration of what it was a hundred years before that." So until we really get to the root of the issue, um, we're gonna still be living in this situation. And so, why the doctors did it, and why the nurses did it. They were stuck in a system where I think, in order for them to succeed and move forward, um, there's a sense of othering was happening, which is terrible. And that's essentially what I'm writing in my book: is that is that there was a multi, and there still is to this day, a two tiered, a three tier class system that exists that allows those that are on top to other those that are beneath them, that allow them to do these atrocious things. And I think that's re- real truth of what's happening. And and, and it and it pains me to say this, and it and it 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 hurts. Uh, again, I wasn't here, my family wasn't here, but that doesn't make anything. I'm still a white male physician in our society, uh, and I think that it's time for, as physicians, that we rise these things, talk talk about open forums like this because unless we do we are not going to get beyond this and i will say this before i turn it over to doc griggs because eric's commentary is brilliant here but i've been kicked off a number of medical stages because i've been talking about this wow. i get asked to speak about it and then they just cut my mic or they'll be like oh well it looks like you've gone beyond." i'm like i've only been talking for 20 minutes it's a <laughs> An hour later, so I I, I I keep them as notches on my belt. Yeah. When when I have been removed off the of final stages, when I do give these sorts of lectures, but I do want to turn it over to Eric because I think Eric really needs to be the one talking about this, not me. Okay. No no
2: no, no. you've done the history. I, what I want to make clear here is, uh, Carl. I think I think there's something that kind of I don't want it to go over everyone's head. Come
0: over, come over left a little bit. You are coming out of the screen? There yeah, we go.
2: Nurse Nurse Rivers. Her name is Eunice Verdell Rivers-Laurie.
0: Okay, uh,
2: she was the nurse. She was an African American nurse that coordinated. She's from Alabama. That coordinated the uh, the, the the study. It was an African American nurse at the time that helped coordinate and wow. put together the study. And that's what Dr. Derry Mark Allen is talking about: is the fact that you know the pressures at the time. She was born in like what 1899 or 1900.
1: Like I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think a little bit earlier than that. I, and, of course, she came from a family of, um, you know, sharecroppers, a, a large family. I mean, it's just it's, you know, it's the story of, 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 of black Southern America at the beginning of Jim Crow America. Hey, ho, let's go. I'm Dr. Mark Allendary, and I'm an infectious disease doctor and epidemiologist.
2: And I'm Doc Griggs, and I'm a community health specialist. Speaking of special, today's podcast is coming live from inside the human
1: body. So, Doc Griggs, does that make it a podcast? (laughs) Dude, don't make me regret sharing my space time hop trick with you. Thanks, TV sitcoms. So, these COVID-19 vaccines are super safe and effective and thankfully were developed quickly in response to the global pandemic. First, let's
2: explain how the coronavirus makes us sick. Ooh, check out those spike proteins on the coronavirus. They help it burst through healthy cells, where it replicates inside, destroying the cells, and making us sick. I really hate that dude.
1: The vaccine will take care of him. Vaccines stimulate your immune system to fight viruses. Some of the COVID-19 vaccines work by delivering mRNA to your cells. Think of mRNA as instructions that activate the immune system.
2: Let's check out a healthy cell to see how mRNA works. The COVID-19 vaccines deliver a package loaded with millions of mRNA to your cells. Then the ribosomes read the genetic code on the mRNA like a manual and produce spike proteins that mimic the COVID-19 ones. That stimulates your immune system to make antibodies. Now, off to the
1: lymph nodes. Here's where antibodies are created. The heroes that fight coronavirus. The spike proteins attach to the antibody leaving an imprint of the spikes, basically setting a trap for the nasty coronavirus.
2: When this part of the antibody attaches to these spike proteins on the coronavirus, it immobilizes the virus and stops it from infecting our cells and making us sick. If an
1: actual coronavirus comes into the body, the antibodies are
2: ready to rumble. Cattle faster!
1: That's why COVID-19 vaccines are essential for teaching your immune system... How to fight off the coronavirus. And that's our show for the day. Ready to roll? I've got this.
0: All right. Those vaccines. So the last time we met on here, Dr. Griggs, it was was smack dab in the middle of COVID. Vaccines had not been approved yet. What's your take on it now? Are the vaccines being effective? How are you guys like, I know you're doing these videos, right? And and we're trying to get our people to get out there and get vaccinated. We've talked about where that stems from. But what is it going to take? And then also, I want to know, what's the percentage of vaccinated versus unvaccinated in a in state of Louisiana as well? So touch on all that. I'm,
2: my numbers, the expert here is the epidemiologist, Dr. Dale. Uh, <laughs> okay. as, I'll just I'll just start off. Uh, let's the answer to your first question: Is are the vaccines effective? Absolutely, one thousand percent. Yes, well, they are. I'd have some more colorful words that would be more emphatic. Absolutely. I'm gonna give you a very sober I know We've been smiling a lot. Something that Mark Allen brought to my in December. Uh, December first was World Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we take it very seriously. Um, I mean, it's, we honor the. Uh, we talk made strides in the last years uh, since HIV has hit our um You know, we made a lot of I mean, we know about U equals U, about uh, uh, that, the whole nine. Now, in that 40 years, we lost, Mark Allen, correct me, if I, if I lowball, about 750, 700, about 70, people. Three quarters of a billion people have died in the um, because a million people died in states from HIV in forty years. Out, yeah. how many
1: people have died. Nine hundred thousand people. 29 weeks. In 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 less than two years, we've lost more people in the U.S. We've lost more Americans in the U.S. than we have with HIV. Now, and, but that is but the, insane. But Will the you- similar. Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, Eric, real quickly, I was going to say the similarities are very similar. Think about, you know, for those of us who were there in the days of HIV, you had the same thing where you had the government that just completely just ignored what was happening with HIV. Why? Because it was happening to people who are homosexual. It was happening to people who are HIV they were heroin users. There was a large Haitian community in the US, there still is. But it wasn't until hemophiliacs, so those are the four ages of HIV, once the it once it affected a population that then the incredibly racist, you know, America and such discrimination against who? Our fellow brothers and sisters. So they were gay, big deal. So they were HIV, they were heroin users. Big right. deal. We can help them, you know, right. so that they were from Haiti, so they look different yeah. than than whatever. It's just it's unbelievable. But what they did is they ignored HIV, and because it happened to populations that didn't look, talk, or or relate with them or whatever. Hey,
0: I, I want to ask you one thing though. With the vaccine, if you if you're vaccinated, has, okay. Let me ask you this: Has there been any has there has there been any deaths with COVID? somebody that was va- that's vaccinated
1: um yeah i actually Andrew, i yes yes okay. i i took care of people i i took care of people who um have died of covid uh who were vaccinated but let me let me say this and i think wait, that
2: wait, it's my god hold on please define for him when you ask him that card vaccinated what do you mean
1: you mean <laughs> Well, it, the, well, during Delta, Eric, remember yeah. I, was seeing, yeah. I, I was seeing a lot of death with Delta, right? Uh-huh. So there was no – the booster was not – or the so-called booster. What Eric – what Doc Riggs was getting to was that I really consider fully vaccinated as being three vaccines and not referring to that third dose as a booster. We have lots of three-dose vaccines. MMR mm-hmm. is a three-dose vaccine. The HPV is a three-dose vaccine. Um, hepatitis B is a three-dose vaccine. Mm-hmm. But what I want everybody to recognize is this. Think, and, the, and Doc Riggs was getting to it, and I think maybe we got cut, but think of the vaccine as being like a seatbelt, okay? That's all it is. It's a, it's, it is nothing but a medical seatbelt. So what do I mean by that? When you put a seatbelt on, does that seatbelt prevent you from getting in a car accident? No, of course it doesn't. Nobody would ever think that a seatbelt is going to prevent a car accident. What it does do, however, is that it does limit the severity of injuries if you do get in a car accident. Uh, That's what the vaccines do. The vaccines – and that's what Eric was trying to say. The vaccines don't necessarily prevent infection, right? But what they do is prevent the severity of illness. So can somebody die in a car accident who's wearing a seatbelt? Of course they can. But is it less likely for them to do it? Yes, The people who I saw who passed who were vaccinated, especially during Delta, one, you had a virus that was much more virulent. In other words, the severity of disease, which was much more. But then also, these were people who were significantly elderly, who had multiple comorbidities. In other words, they had multiple other medical problems. So they were vulnerable to begin with. But it's just like seatbelts. You would never get in a car and not put on a seatbelt. And that's the same way we need to think about these vaccines. Uh, Doc, Eric Griggs? No, Doc?
2: I mean, you, you said it. I mean, I love it when he goes to the seatbelt seat analogy. Oh, that was they the greatest. Go, yeah. Are, are people going to have accidents? Yeah, probably. But will less people die if they're wearing their seatbelt? Absolutely. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. The purpose of a vaccine is to prevent people from dying and overloading the hospital system. Now, there is a misconception in our country, and if if you have time, I'd love for Mark Allen to tell you his experience. One thing, when the numbers go up, I hit the the streets because everyone in the streets calls me, and uh, they want education, and then they want to be talked through, have to remind them how to take care of themselves if they have the flu, if they have any other illness, and it's a constant thing, and then I try to make sure people have their supply of testing, uh, I mean, of tests and where to go to get testing and for masks. Dr. Derry, we meet in the middle <laughs> at some point, and he goes deep into the hospital. Uh, he goes, he goes in, uh, puts on the white coat, takes care of patients. Um, when whenever things surge, so it gets a little hairy and and complicated. But there is a misconception in our country, and this is the mis and disinformation that there's a hospital bed there are 335 million hospital beds for every American and the <laughs> hospitals aren't set up that way. Right. So it's very easy to overwhelm the system, which is why, and I'm not going to rabbit hole it, but which is why as things get more infectious, it's a problem. And more people are unvaccinated. It's, it's a problem because the number of people that are unvaccinated, we know at a minimum, 75 million people are unvaccinated. And I don't, if I'm not mistaken, last I checked, there aren't 75 million beds. And if there are, if they take up that 75 million, what are the other 260 million of us supposed to do?
1: Right. 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 People having babies, broken hips. Heart attacks, all all the things, right? And so that is it's such a good point that Doc Griggs is bringing up is that we are seeing that those people who are unvaccinated are um they're they're they are you know taking up a lot of the hospital beds. And and I do want to say this. I think it's it's important to say this. The last time I was on service, which was a couple of weeks ago, and I was working the COVID wards at the peak of the Omicron uh, peak here in in, in New Orleans. Um, I, my colleagues are tired. Like I, um, I I work in the hospitals uh, uh, when I need to, when when I'm being called on. Uh, usually it's every couple of weeks. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm doing a lot of communication and media with Eric or whatever. But then when I go back to the hospital and I look at my brave brothers and sisters who are there every single day, and those nurses who work in the COVID units, they're wearing respirators and these these what is it, the Tyvek Tyvek suits. Tyvek, these, Tyvek. Yeah, Tyvek suits that are—they're hot inside. They're sweating inside. Uh, these nurses are—are—are are, are, you know literally uh, uh, feeding, cleaning up after you, and in, in all the ways that they clean up after another. They're bathing you, and they're also making sure that your medications. These these nurses are the true heroes. The and I say women because it's mostly women, but not exclusively. But these people are. Amazing. They are the heroes. But I'm I'm looking at my colleagues. They're getting tired. Like I see their notes. Their notes are not as dynamic as they used to be. There there is a fatigue after years because we have a tool that is so effective. And the fact that we see, you know, it's 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 not even funny how many people who are in the hospital as a result of the of coronavirus. It's it is exclusively unvaccinated. And as physicians and we practice and as healthcare workers we really do practice that what eric remind me is an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure, cure. right it is so important to recognize that prevention is so important, and yet what we have is is a lot of pound to cure and that pound just like weight adds up after a long time and it starts to tire people out and what we are going to probably start seeing is is uh, is an exodus out of the healthcare field um, and that's going to be a real tragedy that comes yeah. along with the many other tragedies that we've seen with covid
0: so what do you think is going to be done like moving forward to try to course force people to get vaccinated because you know they've gone to the world ain't that ain't gonna happen it's just not gonna
1: happen huh i was hopeful that the the airlines would do it if the airlines had mandated vaccinations i think that we would probably see more that would have been the thing that would have really moved people yeah but i think that they 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 didn't do it so I, I don't. I think at this point it has become so highly politicized. You have, um, you know, you had the previous president who, you know, did a good thing with Operation Warp Speed, brought us two really, really amazing vaccines. One, one in particular, Moderna. Um, but whenever he brings it up in his so-called rallies or live events, it gets booed. Right. Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing that he came up with, he gets and booed. Wow. right, and he gets booed. And if that's where people are at right now, like I say like I I've long stopped trying to, you know, and when you look at people who are in 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 areas of the country that voted for the previous president, right? Number 45. Those are the areas that have the lowest rates of vaccinations. What are you going to do? It's become a political issue. Yeah. It's become an issue that that's beyond what I think any public health practitioner would have ever considered. And it's it's it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to make sense. But this is the situation we're in right now. Doc, any and what are your thoughts no, on that? I
2: mean you're just about on. I mean it's it's frustrating.
1: Um so is it is it here to stay? Coronavirus? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: So it's oh like yeah, like the flu now.
1: It's not it's staying, exactly. Not... No, 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 no. So you have no idea. You are hundred percent correct. So yeah. in nineteen eighteen we had the big huge flu pandemic right that killed upwards of 100 million people around the globe right uh and so we to this day if you get a flu vaccine or if you get the flu itself you are getting a remnant of that 1918 in fact it's still named the nomenclature scientific nomenclature h1n1 it's still the same so we are still living in the shadow of 1918 and i think that for future generations many generations to come three four five six generations defined at 20 years a generation will have covid 19 in their lives and we will have some booster vaccines and you can find that animation number two uh, under uh, noise filter uh, show uh, forward slash watch, you'll find Eric and I, Doc Griggs and I, talking about how variants emerge and why we need new vaccines. And I think we're going to be seeing some combination of an influenza vaccine with a COVID vaccine, and they'll just be updated annually. So
0: now, so basically annually, we're probably going to have to get the shot. Is that Just what? like with flu. It's yeah, come I up? Mean,
2: the, the thing is, we're living through the early phases of discovery i mean whether we it's like we're forced to take a science class that we didn't sign up for but no matter what we, we can't leave class until it's over <laughs> yeah you
0: what about the teacher,
2: the teacher miss COVID, hates you <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what
1: about I, I, what I about masks though
0: what about wearing masks are masks effective and will we what? always have to wear masks I,
1: yes. yes, yes. Do you know do you know why Asian cultures wear masks? You know where that came from? No. 1918.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So the the masking culture that occurred in Asia uh, really ramped up after 1918 and it has become part of the culture in Asia that you don't want to spread your your viral, you know, uh, illness, your cold, your upper respiratory infection to other people. Right. I think we'll be wearing masks. I just was looking um I just got a, a request for some pictures for some stuff. Um and I was looking at some old pictures to send to the journalist who's doing a story on some stuff I'm working on. And I was looking at myself in a very, very small room with many other people and then I was like wow, I will never do that again. And if I have to be in a small room with other people, I will definitely be masked. So I'm, even myself, I'm looking at pictures that were taken six years ago saying, I don't think I would do that right now. And if I did, I will definitely wear masks. I'm a musician. I play live on stages here in New Orleans. I, I mask up when I play live. Um, Wherever I go, I double mask. I wear a KN95 or an N95 mask, and I put a surgical mask or a cloth mask over it just so that it keeps the integrity of that KN95 intact so it doesn't soil. Um, I know that that Doc Griggs – I don't want to speak for Doc Griggs, but I know he does the same as well. I think that we'll be masking for for a while to come. I feel comfortable being outdoors without a mask. Uh, I take – I keep a distance from people. Right. but uh, um, but I, I think we will start to see more and more things being done outdoors, eating, li- live events, uh, that sort of stuff. And one of the things that I saw, which I thought was really interesting, and Erica, I'd love to hear your take on it because it's so uniquely in New Orleans. One of the things in New Orleans that we have are something called Go Drinks. You <laughs> could just walk into a bar, grab a, an yeah. alcoholic beverage, and just walk out on the street and just drink away. In fact, you could just have a bottle and drink. But we forget when we're in New Orleans, you can't do that in Los Angeles or San Francisco or New York City. You can't just walk out with your drink, which I do all the time. Yeah, like, what are you doing? So we're starting to see in different, in different cities that actually in, enacted go drinks to help keep bars alive. Uh, oh, wow. They're starting huh? politicians are starting to claw that back, and the restaurant industries are like, no, 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 no. We want to continue with our, our go drinks, And you know what? I say yes. Having uh, beverages outdoors I think is also going to be a good thing. But these are the sorts of things that we need to, to understand. And, of course, I'm being tongue-in-cheek when it comes to alcohol beverages. But the point that I'm making is that being outdoors and focusing on outdoor activity while we're still in this COVID conundrum is important. Eric, what are your thoughts on that?
2: No, no. I think you're absolutely you're, you're spot on. Um, you, you, the original question he, he asked, he, w- he was talking about masking. If you right. can imagine back in the first pandemic – uh, of 1918, they they didn't even know what a virus was then. They just yes, knew that if the three right. of us were standing here talking to each other, one of us was going to die. So oh, I need my to keep my, my breath to myself, and I don't want to breathe yours. <laughs> so we'll just yeah, so, <laughs> and let's just, let's just say that that in other countries they took it very seriously, and it was out of respect, and they saw that it worked. Masking yeah. at the end of the day. With or without a vaccine, masking worked. And it works in this instance. It it did. But we had so many variations and iterations and the whole not. We still know consistently that keeping your funky, keep your hands and your funky, nasty breath to yourself will keep everybody alive. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, I, so what I, so what you're telling me? Well, first and foremost, I want to say I'm very familiar with the grenade. Walking around with that grenade, <laughs> I've been grenade, on my back grenade. in the street with that grenade. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's basically wood grain alcohol and sugar. So you're <laughs> gonna have a the next morning. You're gonna wake up with a headache. I assure you of that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> I did. Thinking
2: about the frog, talking about
0: it's not easy being green. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I just want to be clear though. You mean to tell me, for, for years on end, we're going to be walking around with a mask? Because I'm sick of a I, mask. I wear a mask, but I'm sick of it.
1: Get over I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, tell us and
2: take wear the mask. As,
1: as, my, as my very, very close friend and colleague will say, shut up and just wear the mask. Um, uh, but I would not say that to you. I would let Eric, who uh, will say that. No. In, in all honestly I think we're gonna I think that wearing a mask is 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 the ultimate sign of courtesy um, not only in when you're sick but just protecting yourself and protecting your family it is one of the animations that we're working on right now and would love to share it with you when it's done it's probably a couple of weeks away it's uh-huh. for the 100 black men of America uh-huh. and we're looking at why math and it's a, and it's our first children's animation. So it is geared for children, and what we wrote out was a script and a great song that's super catchy. It's still stuck in my head mm-hmm. after all these months. Uh, it's Eric singing it right now. But the whole yes. point is showing how the mask protects you from outside viruses coming in and protects others by blocking the virus from getting out of your mouth if you your are funky infected. Your nasty,
2: green virus-infested breath to yourself. <laughs>
1: we'll be wearing we're gonna be wearing masks for a while tell me this
0: is mardi gras still a thing is it happening and if it is why (laughs) why
1: huge difference eric go ahead i'll let you start and i'll I'll pick up where uh, you uh,
2: uh, yeah you set me up for that one and eric uh, eric
1: aren't uh, you friends with the mayor
0: you you need to have a discussion
2: uh, there the are discussions ahead, but here's the thing. Let, let me speak first to New Orleans. And, Mark, Allen. I'm going to pull the epidemiologist back out. Um, we're doing very well. Uh, we Our numbers, relative to the rest of the state, relative to a lot of places in the country, are excellent, uh, okay. considering where we were with Omicron. Uh, if you'll notice the pattern of what happens, if we'll take the time to notice trends with this virus, uh, it attacks the outer edges of the country. It attacks our ports. We get, we hear about New York. We hear about the Northeast. We'll hear about Florida. We'll hear about us down here. In the Gulf of Mexico, you'll hear about California on the edges because they're ports, right? They're the big ports, right? And then things move in inward. As a consequence of that, with this virus, you've noticed the virus go up and down the peaks and valleys. What's happened is we get it first. And because of that, here in New Orleans, we learn and we quickly adapt uh, to when there's a surge. All we have to do is say the virus is surging, and much to our, a lot of our chagrin, we will go back and do what's right. So Mardi Gras wouldn't be taking place had the virus not already swept through here. Our numbers went down, and can we do it safely? We don't know, but we're going to try. Um,
0: <laughs> okay.
2: We, we, we economically, economically, well, it's a boon to to our city. Uh, I can't tell you. I mean, yeah, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. But the other thing is. Uh, the rules here, it's like, okay, if you want to have nice things and have your friends over, you need to make sure your friends know the rules of the house. Yeah. Which is why there's there are strict mask mandates, where there are vaccine uh, credentials uh, to get into places. And this is when I'll hand it over to Mike Allen and let the epidemiologist come in. I mean, our fingers are crossed. We're knocking on all kinds of wood because um, it's 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 a scary situation because the numbers could be down, and then we have everyone come in and they can go up. Or, or we could have everyone follow the rules like we and do the best that we can to keep our numbers down so it doesn't turn into a, a, a super spreader. Mark yeah, I,
1: I, I think that, I mean, Eric said everything kind of right on the money uh, there. I think that there's two things. One is that our numbers are looking good, and we knew that our numbers were going to be good because Omicron is a virus that burns brightly. Like I usually say, it's a lives fast, die young uh, virus. We didn't know about it. I I first heard about Omicron as I was pulling up my plate uh, and and pulling out a glass of wine uh, and getting ready to sit down and, and, and eat on Thanksgiving Day. That's when I felt my buzz in my phone before I took my first bite. I looked at my phone, and I'm like, great we have a new variant, you know? And now here we are two months later, uh, uh, you know, dealing with a massive outbreak. But our outbreak actually happened very, very early for all the reasons that Dr. Griggs said. But more importantly than that is this, is that we saw... We we have a Mardi Gras-like event on Halloween, in and around the Halloween time. The, w- New Orleans did kind of a quasi-experiment. The cases were very low. There was no Omicron. It was between Delta and Omicron. Cases were exceedingly low. And we allowed one of the Mardi Gras crews, called the Crew of Boo, have their Halloween parade. And what we found was that there was an extraordinary low amount of COVID circulating in the community we knew that because of the numbers, but there was very, very little transmission that occurred because everything occurred outdoors. Yeah. Now, that was a one-night event. Now, Mardi Gras is very different. Mardi Gras happens over the course of a month. There's a lot of indoor events, Mardi Gras balls, that sort of stuff. Is there going to be transmission of COVID? Yes, there is. There's no question about it. Can you mitigate it? Yes. Are people hopefully going to show up to these balls, boosted and in mass? Hopefully, yes, like Doc Riggs was saying... These are the rules of the house. Please play by the rules of the house. Yeah. And lastly, more, more importantly, we know that the virus does not uh, replicate in the lungs. In other words, it's not as severe as previous iterations. Like if you were fully vaccinated and got infected with Delta, that could be a particular problem. But we're not seeing that same level of severity with, with Omicron. The, the last thing is I think that Given those situations, I think that it is fair to allow Mardi Gras to happen because you've got to give people a release valve. And if you don't allow for a release valve to happen, I think that's when things can get really, really bad. So we're in the best COVID situation that we could be in. Our Omicron is behind us. We don't see anything ahead of us. All of our numbers are heading into the right direction. We all know numbers are going to go up, hopefully a little bit, after Mardi Gras, which is March 1st. We know that all of February is going to be nothing but parades and balls, but that's just the way it is. So collectively, we cross our fingers. We allow that release valve to happen, and then we take a big step back, and then it's going to be like people like myself and Eric who then respond if there are these big upticks. You know we are on the front line, and Eric and I have been on the front line since I think our first broadcast about COVID was in February twenty twenty. February, okay. When I first started telling him, I'm like, "Hey, dude, there's something circulating that I need to tell you about," and he was like looking at me the whole time and just like unbelievable like, "No, no, no, no You've been no. drinking too
2: many of them go drinks. <laughs>
1: And, and, uh, and, 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 yeah. And, and so I, I think that it is important for Mardi Gras to happen. Um, I, last year, there's no way you would have had me right. ever say that Mardi Gras should happen, but you know what? French quarter fest is going to happen. And then the week after there's going to be two weekends of jazz fest again, all outdoors. Uh, is there going to be some transmission of COVID? Of course there is, but at least there's like a risk mitigation. We we know what the risks are. We know now don't wash your groceries, don't wash your mail. Of course, wash your hands because that's just the right thing to do. But hands do not you know, transmit COVID. It's all transmitted through the air. So how can you protect yourself besides being boosted? It's wearing masks. So yes, so, masks are going to be important for time to come.
0: Um. I'm a crime it's weakening right with these variant well i, I don't want to say it's weakening, but you're saying it's it's weaker than the delta variant with these new variants, how do these variants come about and do you think that as they come about like other ones that come about are they gonna be weaker are they is it weakening out is it uh, out or?
2: the the short answer is no i'm 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 a uh... Running a little short on 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 answers, uh, on on words uh, and, and time
1: <laughs> and um, hair.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's not new. Um, that's not new. See if you diffuse it and and act and just go on. He, he, he does less of it, so just bear with me. Just, just learn. Just just humor him. Humor him. So here's the deal. The short answer is that's not true. Do um, viruses tend to tend to quote unquote? I won't call it weakened. Because if you call, if they even if they become less lethal and more contagious over time, considering the fact that this is COVID, the hospitals still get overwhelmed by the number of people. So there's no such thing as weakening. Uh, It's like saying someone's more left-handed than they are right-handed is death, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate wrong and the ultimate lethal end. Yes, but you know, and that's thing considering if things were going to go on in a linear fashion, it's not. Now we've got branches and multiple variants viruses mutate. That's what they do. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to bring it over here, baby.
1: Yeah, bring yeah, it over yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm so, to yeah, yeah. All, right. All right. So the, the, the question that you asked is incredibly important and it's going to take me about a minute or two to kind of, so just stick with me and I'll, I got and I'll you. explain. All right. Viruses typically either become they more infectious or they become more virulent. They become more severe in disease. As at lethal. So the, as they change, they usually take one track or they take another. This is the first virus we've ever seen that's taken both tracks, right? Like and like Eric says that what Omicron has done largely has. What do you say, Eric? You, it's read the lesson or it's it's yeah, it's it, read. It
2: understood the assignment. Uh huh.
1: It uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. It's understood the assignment because. This has been shocking for us. You had the Wuhan – so let me just say this. The, the the Omicron variant that we see right now uh-huh. has the same lethality or virulence that the strain that emerged out of Wuhan has, the same lethality. But – Two years ago, you didn't see people walking down the street saying, just go ahead and give me COVID and let me get it over with. They were like indoors, right? Yeah. Whereas now with Omicron, they're like, yeah, go ahead. Give it to me. I'm fine. You know, where it's the same lethality. They're surprised was- when
2: they're waking up dead No, don't have a shot. They're waking up <laughs> yeah. dead and
1: shot. <laughs> so they're waking up dead. <laughs> and shot. <Yeah. laughs> All right. I'm trying to – how can I do this? All right. Anyway, so – So when the strain that emerged out of Wuhan, we referred to that as the wild type. That wild type strain, then uh, we had alpha. It was much more lethal and was much more infectious. After that, we had the beta, we had the gamma, then we had the delta, which was far more infectious and incredibly lethal. And then you had after that the, the lambda and the mu that were even more so. But then, boom, we hit Omicron. And this gets to your question. This is why it's such an important question. Because usually it's not in the virus's interest to kill its host. There's no reason why a virus wants to kill its host. The virus, the only job of a virus, it's just like humans. Spread your seed and move on. That is pretty much the only function of a virus. It wants to Give its RNA, and then it needs to move on to the next host, and then move on to the next host, and move on to the next host. And it doesn't work when you have when you kill your host. That's why the, one of the things with HIV is it kills its host after ten years, whereas COVID kills its host after ten days. So what happens with Omicron is that we're seeing, hopefully, fingers crossed. You see these fingers across. That hopefully we're seeing a less severity less virulence of the virus hopefully fingers crossed that the next variant will also be less virulent and it'll start to do the things that it's supposed to do which is either become more infectious or become more virulent but not do the both not do the same so we this is only one this is one you know you you know, you need three you need three to be a trend, right? You know, you've you got one point in space, you have two points of space, that's a line, and three points of space that's a trend. So we're still at the first point in space. So we need to see what's gonna happen next. But these variants emerge from either immunocompromised people or they emerge from uh, animal reservoirs. And this is why COVID is going to be with us for many years. And
2: unvaccinated countries and people
1: and... And vaccinate, right. And and until, and this this brings up another great talking point that Doc Griggs and I talk about all the time, thank you for doing that, is that until we vaccinate the globe, until we vaccinate the globe, we will continue to be in this COVID conundrum that we're in. Because you cannot just vaccinate the rich countries and then just assume that the countries for whom, by the way, where these tests were made, right, where the testing for these vaccines were done, right, you should at least have the social consciousness to realize, oh, I tested in Cameroon, I should go back and vaccinate the rest of Cameroon. Cameroon right now has a vaccination rate of 2.5%, Oh, my God. Right. you vaccinate the globe until we remove the intellectual property. You know who paid for the Moderna vaccine? The American taxpayers. You know what the American government did? Turned around and just sold it to Moderna without any, without any rights. Without saying, okay, we're selling it to you. You can charge us an arm and a leg. You can recoup. You can make billions on this. But you also need to remove the intellectual property so that it can be, uh, uh, it can be distributed throughout the globe and. In countries like Thailand, India, and, and Brazil, right, some of the best biotech countries Dang. around the world could have produced and manufactured this vaccine. They did not because, we, as Americans, we refuse to remove the intellectual property on that vaccine that we collectively paid for as taxpayers. And therefore, we will continue to be in this COVID conundrum until we vaccinate the globe. Eric,
0: Sorry. wait hold on wait 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 oh. to, to, just to, so that the viewers are clear when you say intellectual property what are you speaking of
1: the intellectual property of the mrna vaccine gotcha that was developed at the national institutes for health the, in fact kismikia Corvey. do you know the story of kismikia Corvey? no i don't <laughs> oh Dude, you got to look at the person who invented the vaccine. Her name is Kizzy Corbet, K-I-Z-Z-Y, last name Corbet, Dr. Corbet, C-O-R-B-E-T-T. She was 27 years old. She walked out. She just completed her PhD uh, in immunology. She got her job at the NIH, her first job, uh, a postgraduate NIH. She walks in. She's a vaccinologist, immunologist, and she sees the technology the NIH is doing. She's like – no, 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 no. What you guys are doing are crazy. Let me work on something new. And she's the one that started working on not only mRNA vaccines, but mRNA vaccines in coronaviruses for the common cold. And so Uh she had the recipe ready when... Covid nineteen happened, and so the 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 story of of Corbe, Corbet. Please look her up.
0: Okay, uh, I'll check her out,
1: Eric. I mean, she grew up in Eric's home. She grew up in your home state, right, Eric? Like yeah, not too far Carolina. away from you, or yeah, yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and now, uh, of course, Harvard recruited her, and so now she's a uh, immunologist at, at at Harvard. But story, what's the story, Eric? It was the uh, story was her third grade teacher called her parents up and was like. Uh, you have a very, very, very intelligent daughter. Yeah. And that was the first time her parents were like, so that's when they started putting her in science camps and all that stuff. Kizmiki um is the hero, and uh, and I wish more people knew about her. And uh, one of our dreams is to make a as an animation starring Kizmiki Corbet. Yeah.
0: With, yeah. with with her. Yep. Check her out. Hey, I, I Mythbuster, because I hear people say this, and I don't believe it's true. But if you get if you catch covid once you can't catch it twice. Myth. <laughs> I know. We just bu- yeah.
1: we just busted it. <laughs>
0: busted. You. <laughs> Thank you. Boom, Thank, you. Thank you. Now, this mRNA. I hear a lot of people talking down on it. Uh specifically people of color. They're saying mRNA you can do all types of crazy things with it. Uh, bring people now, back. be
2: more specific uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to run soon okay and i was just about to tell you that but you now you done started it to
0: finish it what you say? <laughs> you tell me what they said no i've just heard crazy things about the mrn yeah, thing. What like crazy can, thing i want to hear the crazy like thing. you can reproduce i want all the smoke you could reproduce brain cells you could bring people back from the dead with this stuff. lies
1: lies miss all lies this craziness wrong. Lies. man lies wrong, now, wrong. and listen it, it, long story short you have DNA, and the whole purpose of DNA is those are the instructions that a cell needs to do its job. And okay. so the, 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 the DNA lives in a nucleus. Now, when a cell needs something, it needs like a, an enzyme, a special something, it needs to perform a function, it goes to the DNA and it says, hey, give me what I need. But you okay. can't take the whole DNA. That's ridiculous. So what has evolved is that you take a small portion of the DNA. So if all you need is, 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 is portion X, it gives you just portion X. But it can't give you the portion X itself because it's part of the DNA. So it makes a copy of itself. Okay. That copy of itself – is mRNA and that copy of itself then goes to the ribosome, which in the vaccine animation that I, that we showed, it's like a 3D printer, and it just reads it, and then boom, that's it. And you know what happens? To that little that little piece of mRNA, it's gone like a Snapchat. It's gone. It disappears. So all uh-huh. the things you were saying, all mRNA is, is it allows. That stands for messenger, the M in mRNA. It produces the protein. The mRNA disappears. So if you did not have mRNA in your system for whatever reason, you would have never made it out of your mother's womb. Period. End of discussion. There you have it. mRNA is how we exist right now. It's because of mRNA. All
0: right, cool. Thank you for summing that up because I've heard so much stuff. I'm tired of hearing it. There you have it, guys. I hope you guys... Everybody watching, everybody listening on the podcast, I hope that you took from this and you go and do the right thing for yourself, for your loved ones, everyone that you're around. Just do the right thing. Let's get through this thing. Gentlemen, I know you got to run. Dr. Derry, I appreciate you. Dr. Griggs, appreciate you. Thank you so much for all the information. Hey, guys, kicking a cool card every Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know where I'm at. Thank you, guys. It's a blessing to have you guys on here. So, Much appreciated. Everybody tuning in. Thank you so much. Peace. We'll see you next week. Oh, any last words? Anything you want to say?
1: Uh, Noisefiltershow.com is where you find our animations. And then Doc Griggs and I. And we just asked uh, Eric Hawkins to please be on our show. uh, I will. Wednesdays, 6 o'clock, Central Standard. You'll find it on my Facebook page as well as Eric's.
2: I will. I have to give a lecture tomorrow. Until six thirty, maybe you can come in and y'all can get the show going. And I have to, and I'll jump in as soon as I finish.
0: I'll be on there tomorrow. Great. So here's the other thing: in.
2: is understand that everything that doc, uh, the, uh, Dr. Derry just explained, you can find those explanations in the first two cartoons. If you go to noisefiltershow.com, okay. look for COVID education. It explains messenger RNA. We go inside the body. It explains variants, the whole nine. Mark Allen, I'm out of words. I'm, I'm all talked Hold out. Hold
1: on, Eric. You want to make an- Eric? You want to make animations? Yes. Hey, Dr. Derry,
0: get with me so I can get the information to get in on that tomorrow. Somebody get with me, Michelle. I will. Somebody. I'll
1: get get with Michelle. I'll send her all the information.
0: Okay, cool. I'll be there. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we're out of here, guys. Till next week. God bless.